Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Season 6, Episode 11 of the Pet Photographers Club. We have a member spotlight episode today. Diana London is going to chat to us about her very successful personal projects, the publicity and media that she's got doing them, and her sort of approach to making them work for her business. It's a brilliant one. As with all of our member spotlights, it's also a video episode. So if you are a member, you can jump into the member zone and watch the video version of this. I recommend doing that if you if you fancy because you can actually see the photos that Diana talks about. But either way, I'm sure you are going to get a lot of out, out of this one. Um, Diana's really inspiring. So enjoy. Welcome back to another member spotlight interview. We are here with our member Diana London um, and she is going to talk to us all about her. Specifically, I want to hear about the dog noir work, but Diana has a really interesting sort of fine art approach to pet photography. So we really wanted to dive in and have a chat to her about what she's doing. So um, hi, Diana. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Lynn, how are you? Um, I'm so happy to chat to you. I think let's start at the start, basically, if you want to give everyone a little introduction into who you are, how you got started in pet photography, um, and just your approach. I actually um, started photography in high school, darkroom, uh, you know, all analog. And I have a college degree in um, journalism with a photojournalism emphasis. And um, I worked for a few newspapers uh, early in my career where I wrote and took photographs. And um, as I got higher up the um, newspaper chain, I didn't do uh, photography anymore. And I was deathly afraid of flash. You know, it's like, it was like that boogeyman, that flash. <laughs> it's like, I can't do it. I don't know math. I don't like, so I, um, I didn't really do anything. So I, so I went on the writing side of it and I did that for 15 years. And then I became, um, a television producer. I produced segments for a two hour live, uh, daily talk show. And then I went into, um, the internet in, in the year 2000, which was like, really early it was like radio like the beginning of radio right it's like one of these big things is the beginning of radio so, so i went into that really early and i stayed there 11 years and when i like i survived so many layoffs it's not <laughs> even funny um that's a world that lays off everybody right. um and i was i was in there 11 years before i got laid off but i was making six figures and at the last the last year of that, I decided to accumulate, I was making, you know, I made a lot of money. So I was accumulating um, uh, video equipment. I thought, I'll do some video. That was in 2011 and, and in 2013, I saw Arika Dorf. Do you know who she is? No, but I'll look it up and bring it up. So 
Arika is like the best teacher in the world. And I watched her creative live and that was the first time I ever understood how to work with pets. As you know, you're a pet photographer, there are certain tips and tricks that most photographers don't know unless they're working with pets. And when, when I watched Arika's creative live, I just said, this is what I want. So I just started doing it and I did it for free because even though I had a lot of photography background, um, I felt that until I really learned it, I was going to do it for free. Hung up my shingle and started, uh, started doing it. And it's just been my complete joy. It's been, I mean, I can't even put into words. It's like everything I've ever wanted in my life came true with pet photography. Like I didn't even know it. That isn't, I didn't even know I wanted that. And I was late in finding this out, like I'm 60 years old. So I started this in my mid fifties or, you know, like 53 or something like that. Oh, kind of was a late bloomer. I had an interesting life. I met so many celebrities in my lifetime. I've met so many interesting people. Um, I've written for really great organizations. I had a newspaper career for a long time. And this like, this was it. This was it for me. So about seven-ish years, years ago then, you started Diana London, London Pet Photography. You're based in LA, right? Yes, yeah. So I see you've got, you know, normal, a normal photo up the top, like the an outdoor session at the top. Um, but then you've also got your really unique, quirky, fine art stuff. So I'm just bringing up on the screen this beautiful photo that Diana's created with a, what are they called? Wish, wish fairy is not the right word. Wish fairy. Um, it's, uh, it's just dandelion. dandelion. I call it blown away. I, and I'm guessing a lot of Photoshop artwork goes into many of your photos. Was that right from the start that you were doing this really quirky creative stuff as well? Or you started doing the outdoor and you've just, yeah, evolved into it? Yeah, I don't have a studio, so I've always done on-location work and set up. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it takes you a while to figure out what you want to do. Like, Caitlin, I know your work from a long time ago. Um, you know, you, you poke around and you see what you like and who you like, and then you try and do it, and then you set it aside because you can't show certain work. It's like, you know, Kaylee Greer is very, her work is very well you know, you know the work, so you can't, you can practice, but you can't really show that kind of work, right? I 100% agree with you there, and I think that's an interesting um, uh, conversation for us to have, actually, just briefly, because I feel like a lot of people, when they're first starting out in the world of pet photography, uh, either try to exactly copy what they're already seeing, and they put that out in the world, and then they're not going to get a response or they're going to get the wrong response because it's been seen before. Or they're so worried about appearing to be copying people that they don't even practice that style in their own time. And then, as you say, you can, it's really hard to find your own signature style if you're, if you're so worried about seeming similar when we're all really copying little bits and pieces. So I think it's, it's a good point to make that it's okay 
to practice and then work it work it out yourself and I think we've, we've all done that and that's okay so I, I love that you've actually said that but even before I was in pet photography before I'd been laid off before anything I remember seeing Grace Chan's work and I go oh I love this I I adore her work and that's who I actually wanted to emulate in the early days Grace was also the pet photographer who made me want to be a pet photographer. Studying fashion photography at the time and then happened across her work. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is a thing. Grace is my, like, she was, she was my beginning. And I, and that's what I tried in the beginning. And then I eventually sort of veered away from that. Well, that's the great thing, isn't it? From taking inspiration from somebody else, um, Diana, that, you know, you see their work, but then even if you're trying to emulate it, it really ends up becoming your own. So even in the early days, if you're not, you know, I mean, I remember a task when I was studying photography that we were given that we had to emulate one of our favorite photographers pieces. And it was supposed to be like pretty much exactly the same, like, you know, okay, work out how they did the lighting, set up the lights, everything like that. And okay, it's a great exercise to do to challenge yourself. But then the things that you learn during that, you implement into you know, into your day-to-day -day work. And yeah. what I'm really interested to, to learn about is at what point from, you know, you've hung up your shingle as Diana London, um, you started your business, you started just doing outdoor regular pet photography, you're experimenting with different styles, you're looking at other pet photographers, having a play around. At what point do you start doing these specific projects that have their own each project has its own signature style which I find really interesting it's also quite a cool approach because it means that you're not specifically getting boxed in but you can still be really creative and quirky so did dog noir come first or how did you dip your toe into that no um well as you can tell in most of my work I don't have a signature style I in 2014 I started doing um dogs eating ice cream because mm -hmm. I Googled it and I didn't really see any professional photographs of that. And I thought it would be funny. And then when it kind of worked, I set it up with a, a dog boutique to do some shoots there. And it turned out like everyone was like, ice cream social for dogs, it was ice cream social for people. They loved it. They were bringing their friends in. It was like this big party. And then um, I met this guy at a business conference and he did a, a book, um, with a children's publisher and he said he wanted to show his publisher my composite so he did and the publisher contacted me and he says what I really want to do is your dogs eating ice cream he says I want to do a book about that well, I signed the contract and we did it um, I did seven ice cream socials for dogs I got 200 dogs they paid like a minimal price of $30 a piece because I wanted just butts in the seat so I got all of that going. In the midst of publishing, when I went to a business conference and this woman started just spouting things off at the top of her head and she would go, um, you know, movie posters, blah, 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 film noir. And then when she said film noir, and I'm like, that, you know, that, yes, that resonated with me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And so, so in, September of 2018, I started, I did my first shoot on that. So I started asking, oh, if you click on them, they'll be full, full frame too, if there's anything you wanted to see. 
So like this dog with the, um, the guy in the bar, that's at a very famous uh, bar in Hollywood called Bordner's. And it's like, it's, it's been around since the thirties. And so um, we like, I kind of begged for a shoot there and the guy let me have it for just paying the bartender, you know, 50 bucks. And we did it at 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, this one's funny. This detective, the private detective with the crime scene photos, that is actually at an escape room in Los Angeles that's decorated as a film noir office. Oh, that's, that's a cool set. Yeah. So um, I had to pay a steep fee to be in there, but, you know, it was worth it. It's like you've put a lot of research into, um, into finding your locations, Diana. As we do, and I try not to do the same place twice. Yeah, yeah I see that. And the one that we're on right now is of uh, the Sodden House, and it's believed that uh, the Black Dahlia murder was committed there. It's a uh, Lloyd Wright, it's a very famous Lloyd Wright house. Because you're based in LA, it just mm. feels like such an, an it makes sense. project. It, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. So as Kirsty said before, chat to us a bit about how people get involved in this project. Is it something that you're still shooting? Oh yeah, I'm shooting one tomorrow, <laughs> Saturday night. And then I just consulted with a woman today and um, we're talking about some locations right now. So yeah, I'm still doing them. Uh, I, I want to do at least 40 to 50. Some of, some of them are clients that I've had before that I've handpicked to do the project. Um, I was written up in a, a pretty popular LA magazine. I got a lot of clients through there. And so do you treat them like a normal client session then? Or is it like, you know, we're just here to do it my way? I was trying to do it my way, which would be one set price and you get um, the shoot and like a print. Mm -hmm. but I imagine them as being a poster, like printed like a poster yeah. and framed with a plain black frame. Is that? Yeah, a plain black, exact. People really react to it. You know, it's like mm -hmm. one of the people react to um but and so is it really a personal project for you or is it a money-making business project it's on the bubble of both of them what i want to see eventually is a book i've done more than 22 but i think 22 are the ones that i think are book worthy when people contact me you know they have more of an agenda in their mind when i contact them i direct the whole thing it's like this is what you're going to do. This is where mm -hmm. we're going to be. And, you know, and you can buy anything you want after that, but you know, the shoot will be free. And then, um, with other people who the shoot is not free, I have to bend more to what they want. So when you were saying before, like you pay, you know, you're happy to pay like 50 bucks to the, the bartender and, you know, uh, a higher fee for the space of the panic room, et cetera. Um, I mean, not panic room. What are they called? Escape room. Escape room, sorry. <laughs> um, are you happy to pay that because you're, you just think they're going, they're going to fit so perfectly into the project to, and then you'll monetize it by selling the book? Or is it because you know the client will end up paying for it through buying a print? I don't think that the book is going to make any money. Um, you just want to do it. <laughs> really, I want to have a body of work and I, I actually want to also be able to put 
a period on the end of the sentence, like when it's done, it's done. Mm -hmm. um, I sell a folio box that has five to 10 um, images from like MP photo, like I love them. And um, so I either sell wall art or this eight by 12 folio box um, or both. In that, in that way, it is kind of a personal project because you're not that worried about making money from it. Is that right? I'm not that worried about making yeah, money. Yeah, but it's a bonus when you do. Talk to us on a similar note. So um, you've got Dog Noir and then you've also got Funhouse, which I'm going to bring that up again just so everyone watching the video can see it. Um, but Funhouse is essentially stylized pet photography. I specifically want to talk about the thief at the feast one because that's what we've you know been seeing a lot of you entered it in the awards is this a similar sort of thing you have clients specifically saying they want a fun house shoot the trio of dogs at the carnival as carnival posters um they specifically wanted me to make posters thief at the feast which yep. is you know that one um image I went to Kenya about three years ago, and on the way over, I had an 11-hour layover in Amsterdam, and one of the places we went to was um, the, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, the Reich Museum, mm -hmm. um, and in that gallery were all these um, golden age Dutch masters, and there were all these still lifes, and I'm like taking pictures with my iPhone right and left, and I go, oh, I love these, I love these. And then during COVID, our, our uh, lockdown, I was, you know, what are you going to do but think? And I thought, what if I did dog cat toys um, in the old master style? And um, I did this four times. I did four separate shoots. And the first one was very serious looking. And then I kept buying props from eBay and like the little yarn balls that was barbara brightsmeter's um that was her idea so i kept buying all these little props i just thought it, it was funny it was either a really good idea or a really bad idea <laughs> and i kept doing it and people love liked it. it so um i love the little love it falling out of the wine glass and the lighting is so, so renaissance isn't it you can really see diana that you're appreciate many different forms of art from obviously you know old Hollywood films to to classic um portraits and and you know there's some renaissance kind of vibes going on in there like there's you know and then pop more like kind of modern art as well and it really shows through in all of your photography I think it's a yeah it's a big reminder that we should you know walk through a gallery more often I think <laughs> really interesting to hear you talk about where your concepts come from i love that you don't box yourself into this one specific style and it's more that your signature is i guess your approach rather than your style and your approach is to do something quirky to do something we haven't seen before to do something creative mm. um so yeah it's really interesting thank you so much oh thank you i uh love to make myself laugh I like go <laughs> just it's not even a big laugh it's just like oh that's kind of funny that's what I like to do I don't 
I don't think all my clients like that, but I love that. It's at the end of the day, we are still pet photographers. <laughs> like, it's not the most serious job in the world. I love that you have a um, and yeah, th thank you. Thank you for coming on. You've been a long time member. So thank you for being our member for years now, I think. Um, it's been such a pleasure to properly put a name to the face. And yeah, thank you for sharing so much of your insights. I absolutely can't wait to keep seeing more of the dog noir, more of your fun house, just everything. I have so many ideas. I have so many props I've been acquiring. <laughs> I haven't seen anything yet. I'm not going to talk about what I have. And what I've been buying, but I have a lot that's coming down the line as soon as I can. Um... Cannot wait to see it, Diana. Just uh, make sure you keep us, you know, up to date in the group. Share some of your amazing work as you create, and let us know when your um, Dog Noir book is available because I want to. I want a copy. All right, lovely. Have a good almost yeah. time for one. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.